Hello, this is Sports Sunday and we start this hour with some really sad news from Germany. The Germany international and Bayern Munich legend Gerd Müller has died at the age of 75. He scored an astonishing 68 goals in 62 games for Germany and 566 goals in 607 competitive matches for Bayern Munich. Müller on 2-1. Johan Cruyff, Franz Beckenbauer, two players and they're valuing at over a million pounds. Toss up to find out which way they're going to kick in this, the supreme moment. Netherlands versus Deutschland in the World Cup final 1974. Hello everybody, welcome to the Teams of Our Lives with me, Marcus Beller, and him, Mandy Brassel. Oh! the excitement all of the excitement all of the time Andy today we're gone we're gone for an international team it's the 1974 World Cup winning West Germany side yeah um, mega um, big I, I, I don't think we can hide the fact that it's um, been on our minds a little bit mm. with uh, the sad passing of Gert Müller yes. recently and um, maybe in some quarters a bit of a a re-understanding of, of, of what he was all about and, mm-hmm. and, and the, the player he was, which and, was bizarrely, for someone with his numbers, a quite underrated one. Yeah, I totally agree. He's never been unra- un- underrated on the Football Ramble. No. When we used to do the Dean Windass Hall of Fame, you remember those days, Andy? Do you get in there along with Steve Savidon? It's, I mean, they're both in there. Yeah. I mean, there was, there's an awful lot of players in there. Yeah. But yes, Gerd Müller was one of those earlier players that we did and you would just read out his numbers and everyone was laughing. Mm. Like everyone was just like, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. And as I say, Ronaldo and Messi, in their ridiculousness at how good they are at football, have changed the conversation somewhat, almost unfairly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, they're that, because they're that good. But Müller's records stand up to theirs. That's how good this goal was. Yeah, they absolutely do. And I think one of the interesting things um, in in the, the wake of his passing that I, I didn't see discussed in, in, in a lot of places, mm-hmm. we looked at the numbers and his uh, 366 Bundesliga goals, 101 Bundesliga assists mm. as well. Yeah, so, so you it, think of him as a poacher, and in he was. Yeah. But that... that uh... That that uh, stat you've just said there suggests that there was a bit more to his game. Yeah, abs- absolutely. It's just like that that cliche of um, uh, short fat Muller, as mm. um, as as was used at the, at the time, was well plainly nonsense. Any but, but any was... player who's a little bit stocky and has good thighs. Yes, and I'm flying the flag for these people. And if I may, <laughs> if I may arrogantly say, no, it, 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 it's true though, isn't it? it uh, you people just think, oh yeah, again that sort of slightly, almost like people think it was a bit squashed stature, even though it wasn't that short. Yeah, I I I, I never got the impression it was it was it was meant with disrespect. I mean, it was it was quite fun because um, I, I was speaking earlier in the week and um, a, a virtual press thing to Julian Nagelsmann ahead of the German Super Cup, and the the way uh, Nagelsmann put it is um, it was. It was he said uh, Muller scored some some wonderful 
and some quite weird goals. <laughs> and I thought that was a really nice way of describing it because mm. it acknowledged his brilliance, but I think it got across that sort of a sense of affection that mm. he also he also inspired. Mm. But funnily enough, at the time, this West Germany side didn't really inspire a, a lot of affection because people thought it was the Netherlands World Cup. Yeah. Well, let, let's get into it then, because yes, there was uh, a whole team that won the World Cup. It wasn't just uh, De Bomber uh, himself, but um, they were the host nation, of course, West Germany, as they were called then, uh, in 1974. Already European champions? They were European champions in 1972. Um, they had one World Cup win to their name by, by that point, which was 1954, uh, when they uh, beat the great Hungarian side, of course, in the final three, two having been beaten by them 8-3 in the group stage, which is... One of the most incredible uh, sort of, I don't know, quirks, if you like, of, of World Cup history. There. Well, there was, a, there was a film made on it, wasn't there, called The Miracle of Bern? Yeah. And uh, it was called A Miracle for a Reason. Mm. I, I mean, I think it's worth underlining at that point, Marcus, how much German football has changed between um, the, the 54 World Cup and the, and the 74 World Cup. Because got themselves a league finally. Yeah, ex- exactly. The foundation of the Bundesliga, and by the time that um, the '74 World Cup comes about, I mean the, the Bundesliga has been around just under eleven years. Mm. But so officially, mm. you've only had professional football in Germany for eleven years. Which well, is extraordinary, really, because they won, <laughs> as I say, the 1954 World Cup with what was an amateur side, or was it kind Te- of technically an amateur side? Yeah. Yeah, it may be in practice again back in those days. It's a far cry from the football we know now. There, there were there were tables in that environment. There were definitely tables, yeah. and uh, not everything that happened was above those tables. Right, I see. <laughs> but the we'll we'll talk about the um, the earlier rounds, and we will get to the final, of course, because it was it, it's one of the most um, for a, for a number of reasons. One of the most sort of I don't know if spectacular is the right word, but one of the most sort of incredible finals in World Cup or standout finals for some reasons. Um, but the, but that final, it was it was similar, not not too dissimilar to '54. There were some parallels in that they were they were playing the Netherlands, who along with the the mighty Maggies, of course, in '54, uh, uh, were were favourites. You know, mm. Netherlands were strong favourites for that final in '74, in the same way that Hungary were in in '54. And of course, they're two sides that have never won the World Cup now, mm. uh, Hungary and, and, and the Netherlands. And in, in both finals, Germany went behind early on, of course. Yeah. And I just, I just wonder, we always say never write off the Germans and winning mentality and so on. Do you think a large part of that, the way certainly we view um, Germany in football and maybe the way they view themselves as how they've inspired themselves is partly because of those two finals that they were up against a superior opponent, according to everybody. Mm. They were behind in those finals, and they managed to grind out. Why well, say grind out? I mean, it's like they managed to win essentially. Yeah, although, like I said, I think there's a huge difference to be made between uh, '54 and no, there and, is and, and '74. No, there is, but I'm saying so, that there are some similarities there. In in a, in a way, um, but the fact that. Um, West Germany are, are second favourites for the 74 final does overlook how good this side was mm-hmm. and I, I think when we look at this with historical perspective we need to look at it um, in a way that's more than the Dutch lost this mm-hmm. because the, 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 the narrative for this is um, the superior side lost it um, 
they went one nil up in the, in, the, in the second minute through Johan Neskens and and they were ju- they were just a bit vain and arrogant and that's what lost them the game. That is to undercut West Germany to a ridiculous level. All that because, stuff can be true. Yeah, the two things can be true, but very little is spoken about how good this West Germany side was. I mean, you, you look down the list: Set Meyer, Beckenbauer. Breitner, Bonhoff, Uli Hoeneß, um, Gert Müller, of course, as, as, as we talked about before. But I think as as well, is I think the the way we reassess things in the wake of the death of someone who's huge in the history of football, mm-hmm. or the way we should reassess things, is important. And if there was that reassessment of Gert Müller's role, which I thought was already overdue. And of course, it had already come into focus in Germany because, mm-hmm. of course, Robert Lewandowski beat his season record of goals last year. What he did when he scored um, the, the, the record equaling goal at Freiburg in the penultimate game of the season, he lifted his jersey and he had a T-shirt with an image, a stenciled image of vintage Müller mm. with, 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 with the mop top. Mm. And it said, forever Gert on it. And, mm. and that was acknowledgement of like um the fact that he respected um Müller that got on with him personally and you know Müller certainly before his his illness um was was close to a, f- a few of those Bayern players um but it was it was a record that no one thought would ever be beaten no. that from 71 72 that's why it was such a holy grail for Lewandowski we're not talking about mm-hmm. the, the fact that football is just statistic obsessed in the wake of Messi and Ronaldo. This is something that was particular to Germany, a record that they thought would never go. Mm -hmm. And I think when you look at this period, it's interesting because it represents a shift in European football as well. I think if you look at um, not just, we we think of Ajax as the the start of um, the 70s, 71, 72, 73, winning yeah. the, the, the three successive European Cups. Of course, Feyenoord won the, the one before in 1970, bizarrely, I suppose, becoming the first Dutch team to to, to win the European Cup. Mm. Um, we think about this, this was incontrovertibly the Dutch's time. And 74 should have been the, the pinnacle of this, should have been mm-hmm. the crowning moment. But actually, rewind to... Summer 73. Mm-hmm. Barcelona's first choice for their big signing, not Cruyff, Gerd Müller. Mm-hmm. They agree the fee with Bayern Munich. The West German FA eventually put the block on it. Barcelona end up signing Cruyff. Mm-hmm. The rest is history. It is. So not only how different yeah. European football could have been, but we can forget that German football, West German football, was entering an extremely fruitful time as as well mm. as we said European champions in 72 Muller was top scorer in that competition and in qualifying that's right whereas the Dutch actually only qualified by a whisker and Belgians will tell you mm. that the, they had a goal ruled out in the final game the final qualification game that would have knocked the Netherlands out and they wouldn't even have got to the 74 World Cup Yeah. now of course qualification and the finals are a different thing but I think it's worth looking at how this is a golden era for West German football because we go back a couple of months before this final, before mm-hmm. the finals, and Bayern Munich 
win the European Cup. What turns out to be the first of three. Now, again, we talk about sliding door, door moments. They nearly lost that final mm-hmm. to Atletico Madrid and Luis Aragonés. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hans-Jörg Schwarzenbeck, one of the less celebrated members of this West German team who did play in the final, partnering Beckenbauer at centre-back. He scored the goal in the 120th minute mm-hmm. that got the 74 Cup uh, European Cup final between... Um, a whole mess of West Germany then between Bayern and Atletico mm-hmm. uh, to a replay Bayern absolutely steamrolled them in the replay two for Gert Müller two for Uli Hernes. but this was the start of something special for them I would argue that the biggest shock of this World Cup is not actually the final it's the fact that in the final group game East Germany beat West Germany yeah. and that's what makes them getting to the final Mm-hmm. And, and and then winning it mm. over the Dutch may be even more improbable. Yes. And yeah, much has been said about that game. And we'll we'll get to that in a second because I want us to say to back up your points about West Germany that if you look at that side, there's a lot of recognizable names in there. Yeah. Set Meyer and goal, considered one of, if not the best goal, German goalkeeper of all time. You could extrapolate that out further to to, to Europe as well, one club man with Bayern and sort of won everything with them. Voted Germany's goalkeeper of the 20th century, amassed 95 caps. Was was nicknamed De Katze von Anzing, the cat from Anzing. Um, <laughs> uh, Big Bertie votes was at the back. Scotland's former manager, of yeah, course. The only the only one who broke ranks to say that the penalty that West Germany got in the final wasn't a penalty. I do, in the, really, in, did in he? The, in the late 90s. Interesting. Um, he was at the back with Paul Breitner. What a player Breitner was. Yeah. As well. And, and, as, and a cultural figure yes, of some significance. Very well. much so. And you've mentioned uh, Schwarzenbach and uh, Beckenbauer. Um, but old Bertie was the only non-Bayern player in that in that back five, including the goalkeeper. And that's something that's really worth recalling, actually, Marcus. Mm. I think the fact that um, back in these times, whereas like with the the great Spain sides of um, yep. 2008 and, and, and 2010 and 2012, we almost see them as interchangeable with Barcelona, don't we? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially with the Barcelona team at that time. Forgetting Real that, Madrid. That was, yeah. That that was even more true back then. Yes. Of, of course. And I think if you look at international football and its stature, which hopefully is um, for our sakes, Marcus, yours and yours and mine, is having a bit of a renaissance at the moment. And especially after such a great Euros, people are, are realizing how significant international football still is. Mm-hmm. At this time, one of the reasons that international football was such an incredible pinnacle Mm. is the fact that it was far more common to have five or six players from one team because most players were still home-based in the in the major nations which Mm. made an amazing difference and in terms of chemistry in terms of click it's an enormous help it's an enormous help for any coach if, if if those working parts are already there totally other names that people would would know wolfgang overoff maybe um your punks of course Gerd Müller himself and Erling Hernes, who you mentioned as well. And in this World Cup, I quite like the fact that I was, when I was doing a bit of research in their, in, their, in their first round group, they were with Chile, East Germany and Australia. Good to see the Aussies in there. It is good to see the Aussies in I there, did, isn't you it? You wouldn't have thought that they'd be at a World Cup in the 70s, but my goodness, they were there. 
and um, and West Germany they 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 beat them three 0 after a one 0 win over Chile, and of course then lost to East Germany one 0 Now that game against East Germany, apparently um, West Germany did receive a lot of support from people in East Germany. Yes, uh, East Germans would go in their masses to see uh, West Germany or even West German clubs when they were playing in the old Eastern Bloc. Mm. Uh, so not quite what one may think um, with regards to that. There's a well, lot that, of... That's the thing. One of the, well, if you read all the reports from that game yeah. in Hamburg, you just hear one of, one of the most striking things is the crowd going, Deutschland! Yeah. Deutschland! Yeah, that's right. Uh, and you're like, which one? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it was the only match they, that both, ti- both sides, uh, the, the only time, sorry, in which um, both sides faced each other. Ever. Yeah, yeah. it's remarkable. Clubs, club sides played each other from yeah. Western East Germany, but that, it was the only time. And the thing is, if that happened in a modern context, yeah, in the draw, you'd have them Separated. kept apart, wouldn't mm-hmm. you? I mean, it's it's funny that like you go back to the the January of nineteen seventy four mm-hmm. in Berlin, and um, it, it wasn't like now where a draw is like some massive glitzy experience. Of course, there was a sense of occasion. I love the draw. Like, oh, I absolutely it, love it. It. Was, it wasn't like we get Shevchenko on stage and he struggles opening the Charlie's ball. Charlie's Theron in South do, Africa. Do, do, exactly. Took do, the piss out of the whole you, thing. It was brilliant. Do, do, you, do you know who, who drew East and West Germany together? It was a choir boy from Berlin. They, they, Fitting. They, they, they had, they had um, the, mm. a, a Berlin children's choir right. perform uh-huh. and they invited one of the kids to pull, pull the pull some of the, the names out and oh. he, he pulled out East and West Germany together in what was an absolutely historic matchup. My goodness. Out of the out of the drawer of the babes, Andy. <laughs> it doesn't really work. Carry on. Um the patron people will forgive me for that, I think. Um West Germany manager Helmut Schoen. He was from what became East Germany. Yeah. Um which was an interesting one. So yeah, quite uh, quite the figure in amongst this old Schoen. Uh, but the result of that game meant that both German sides would go through. Well, that, that's the weird thing, though, right? Because Some people say there's a little bit of potential funny business there. No, not really, because Chile and Australia had already played mm. by the time that the East and West Germany game had, had, had kicked Andy. off. Because in these more innocent times, there was no sense of all these games have to happen at the same time. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if they were more innocent times, uh, but I know what you mean. Less monitored times. I, I don't maybe. think that... I, yeah, for, for my money... For what it's worth, I think it's a legitimate result. <laughs> All right, you've heard well, it here first. It was, it was just about who was who was top of the group, and obviously with that Jurgen Spavasa winner. Yeah, and you know we have to say East Germany mm. were in their own moment as well because uh, Magdeburg had just won the Cup Winners' Cup, mm. beat Milan in the final. Amazingly, Magdeburg beating Milan in a European club competition final. But that was the only European trophy that an East German side ever won mm. as well. So, and, and Sparvassa was part of that um, Magdeburg team. Um, but it was, it's a very, very culturally resonant result. But of course, they both went through to the, the, the second round. Or the semi-final, which was, in a, it was an odd setup there because you had... A bit like in the Champions League that time in the early 90s. the semi It was sort of like a semi-final. It was the second group stage. Yeah, which was kind of like the yeah. semi-final. So, that, yeah, two groups of four and then the top teams would then advance to the final. West Germany, of course, in with Yugoslavia, Poland and Sweden. And it was a good Poland side. Yeah. Despite uh, all that stuff at Wembley, you know, when they kind of snuck through against England. But they they, they were a good team. Uh, and then East Germany were in with Brazil, Argentina and Johan Cruyff's Netherlands. 
So again, just on the face of that, you'd rather be where West Germany went. And of course, they would go through to face um, the Netherlands. And as you said, you know, this was a very, very good West Germany side. They were the champions of Europe. They boasted phenomenal players. But the Dutch were the trailblazers mm. at the moment. They were fancy uh, With their fancy total football, they boasted so many great players. And having spoken to David Winner about this, who did, um, you know, brilliant orange. Uh, what a great book. Uh, yeah, the history of yeah. Dutch football and so on. I understand what you mean. We can sit and say, well, Germany is the host nation, even though actually host nations winning tournaments is is actually quite, it's more of a rarity than you think. Mm. West Germany are one of those sides, and obviously like France 98, and there's one or two others. But host nations who are expected to do well or even win, actually, they're, they're fairly few and far between if you look at it through through history. But, but Hang about, what, Brazil, what about Brazil in 2014? Oh, hang on. A good example to back up my point. <laughs> Just in my mind already with Germany. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but the Dutch were expected to win. And the Dutch, David Winner himself says, they were so arrogant going into this mm. game. The way they were sort of sitting around, it was like the Playboy Mansion, their team hotel. They were, they were enjoying themselves off the field. Very much so. Let's put it it that was way. all going off. And... And they thought they'd won it, and you, and and this it shows you that opening two minutes of that final is breathtaking. It is stunning how they score a goal without Germany even touching the ball. That's right. The first touch, if you can call it a touch, it wouldn't be recorded as a touch statistic. Mm. It's set Meyer picking Naiskin's penalty out of the back of it the is, net. Isn't it, it is remarkable. I mean, I'm sure our, uh, people, our, our good patrons, listeners, will be well aware of this and, and would have seen it. But if if you haven't, and it's no disgrace if you haven't, do watch it. The, the way they play and toil with the Germans in those first couple of minutes, they didn't want to beat them. They want to humiliate them. Mm. And it goes back to history, of course, World War II and all that kind of stuff. It, and so when you look at that in those opening couple of minutes, the way they pick them off, if you were a West Germany fan, you'd be like, oh, bloody hell, this is going to be a long afternoon here. Mm. And again, with the arrogance they had, but the brilliant playing style as well, that's why it does go down as a shock win. It's not as big as a shock as 54, of course. Mm. The Hungarians had beaten them eight bloody three. And I understand when you look at the quality of the Germans, they are European champions, etc., etc. Again, the word shock, it's a shock with a, with, a, with a lowercase s. But it's still a shock of sorts because the Dutch, even though they hadn't qualified for the World Cup, I think they've got a very odd qualifying record. Very odd. Maybe the 30, something like that. They had no pedigree in the World Cup up until this tournament, but of course, it... and they fall off quite badly afterwards as well. Well, not immediately afterwards because yeah. in '78 they were in the final. Of yeah. course. but but you're right. I just think that the, the the grit and the determination, but the intelligence as well of that West Germany side, that all goes into the the narrative of German I think, football. I think that's absolutely right because the incredible thing, and as you say, and you know, you're talking about home nations at tournaments. And we were talking about Brazil 2014. Mm. The incredible thing about West Germany is their emotional mastery of the occasion. Absolutely. Which is far better mm. than the Dutch's. Once, oh, yeah. once, once, Night and day. Once they lose the lead, once Breitner equalises from the penalty spot, yep. they find it quite hard to keep it together. Mm. And the amazing thing is, like when you get towards the end of the game, they're... They're getting desperate and oh, whacking oh, yeah. the ball forward. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like the Netherlands are whacking the ball forward. But wasn't it 2 1 to Germany before in the first half? Oh, half time, yeah. Yeah, because Gerd Muller himself, lovely yeah. poacher's goal. Yeah. Lovely poacher's goal. Great it's, touch away from the defender and just brushes it fine in. Fine space, brilliantly, wonderful, crafted mm. finish. Beautiful. And fitting for him to get the winning goal, yes. you know, in, in the final. 
But there's still time. You don't have to panic. There's yeah. still time for the Netherlands. The way they took them apart in those opening minutes, a bit more of that. But of course, West Germany thinking, <laughs> you've had your fun, boys. <laughs> you have had your fun. And of course, this was quite an offensive result to to lovers of, of football and so on, because this was meant to be the great Dutch side. And many a blogger mm. and many a pundit has looked back on this game and thought, you, you can only admire it. From from a from the point of West Germany because it is a phenomenal victory in that final. Um, Absolutely, and as we said, they 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 went on from this, didn't they? They certainly did. They certainly did, Andy. But yeah, a, a great win, and 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 Gerdman himself would never play for West Germany again. And I wondered why. And a, a quick look into this was because after the in, in the celebrations after the, the the West German officials, but the wives weren't uh, wives were allowed at the party, but the players' wives were yeah. not. Which seems mad, really. You yeah. hear about in 1966, after the game, both teams apparently had like a bit of a, a social together mm. and all the wives were involved, which is quite nice when you, you hear about that. I mean, it's, it's absolutely remarkable, yeah. isn't it? Well, and, uh, but, but great for No Baden Baden for them. No, absolutely. <laughs> and, and nor should there be, Andy, let's be sure. But it was for a bit for the Dutch. But, uh, but incredible. This, this side boasted so many good players and, and sometimes are underappreciated in light of the Dutch side. They, they are. And you, you think like straight after this, um, Paul Breitner went and joined Real Madrid. Yeah. You, you know, there's, there's recognition in the game at least yeah. of, of, of how good they were. Absolutely right. Andy, what a pleasure talking about West Germany 74. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely right. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, go well, sleep well, eat well. <laughs> but drink football. (laughs) See you next week. The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.